Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 21st. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's not sure what I think about Joel Farabee's haircut. Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. It's super short. Super short. You should take a look at it. Next game. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on our episodes, all the Flyers news. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets and preview the weekend matchup against the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to talk about Ivan Fedotov, a goaltender in the Flyers' purveyance, and then we're going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, so subscribe, and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right. uh, Just before we get into it, clearly I sound terrible. I got a little bit of a cold. We're going to get through this. (laughs) But so apologies for that. But I do want to start off on a good note, if we can. Sure. I, I actually really thought the tribute to Jake Voracek was lovely. And I feel like everybody wanted Cam Atkinson to score on the Flyers. They were feeding him extra pucks. I thought everybody wanted Jake to score on Columbus. And, you know, he and Line A were, were trying real hard. Yep. And th- I think that just is a feel-good thing for everybody. Sure. I mean, they even put Jake out at the end with the extra attacker, which you would never see. So mm-hmm. they did try, and they played Springsteen for Voracek, which was nice. Yeah. He's such a Springsteen fan. So, yeah, no, all of that was positive. I mean, that was about all the positive energy. Other than, are we going to get into Jerry Mayhew, or should I just mention it now? <laughs> Go for it. Like, it was just the one moment tonight that really made me laugh when he scored and he went, F yeah. And it was <laughs> just, you know what? I get it. Like, I, I totally, for that moment, I understood Jerry Mayhew. I may never understand him again, but for that moment, I was with him. Listen, he is the dictionary definition of nice guy tries hard, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, he's definitely, I I would say, borderline NHL, if that. But he's doing the best he can in these circumstances, and he certainly works hard. So uh, I have to give him credit for that, even if he's a little out of place out there sometimes. No, he gets full credit from me. I think, you know, for me... Obviously, I'm trying to avoid talking about the fact that we have two 10-game losing streaks in a row, but... It's hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid. I think for this game in particular, though, for me, it was a pretty evenly matched game for the first half, and then the Flyers kind of took over. That it was just really, I think, the combination of the lack of ability to execute on the power play for the Flyers, because they had four Mm -hmm. chances, and then Elvis Merzlikens... With not a lot of shots. Right, exactly. They only had two shots in four power plays, which is awful. 
it's just awful. And so I think that was their downfall because, you know, once they started peppering Columbus with shots, you know, Elvis Merzlikens was there. Or there were enough Columbus defensemen in front of the net that were making it difficult for the Flyers to get any shot that they were going to be able to lift up over the pads. Yeah, Merzlikens was completely comfortable the entire game, like really comfortable. And you could see it. And as athletic as he is, you know, he wasn't going to really make any mistakes. I did feel like Carter Hart made a mistake with Borkstrand, not in the sense that he shouldn't have given up that goal, but he definitely should have tried a poke check. You can't let Oliver Borkstrand just go in front of you and go forehand to backhand. You know he's going to go high and you can't do anything about it. you got to try and disrupt it. He didn't even try. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that the Columbus goals, I think both could have been avoided mm-hmm. in this game, uh, that there was just a lapse somewhere in order to allow them. And it is, again, it's such a shame because if you look at the numbers for the third period, especially, I mean, it's just like all flyers, 100%, 100% flyers. It was, but you know, these guys for half this game were like really unplugged whether they mean to be or not. And it was just, it was unbelievable the amount of shots they were taking that just didn't have a chance to hit the net. And I just was Mm -hmm. having a hard time just understanding it and grasping it. And then you probably saw at the end of the game, it looked like Claude Giroux maybe hurt his wrist. He was hunched over for a while there. and Because he tried to block a shot for the empty net. Right. And he rarely shows any emotion being hurt. So that's what made me worry a little bit, like, uh-oh. And I'm not worried because, hey, they can't get any assets in the trade. No, I'm just just worried for him because, you know, it's already this kind of year. You know, hopefully he doesn't have an injury to go along with it. Yeah, it's the choices that were being made, I think, sometimes did not match the passion that some of the Flyers had out there because they were trying very hard. Like I said, especially in that third period, you could see they were fighting for it, but then they were making choices to not give themselves the best opportunity to score a lot. I mean, you saw that with the empty net, they were doing a lot of perimeter shots. And granted, Columbus had good positioning there, but they weren't doing anything to get Columbus off their game, I thought. No, I think you're right. There were were a couple things that were were weird with the um when they did pull the goalie it took them a good minute to get the puck to cam york who was wide open at the point who had his arm cocked and then when they finally got it to him he's like the only one who could get a shot on net and it's like why did that take so long it's just none of that made sense uh a little earlier on the power play did not understand why zach McEwen was on the power play He's not going to score in the crease. He's just not. Even if the puck hits him, he's not going to score. I just, there are some things that just, I get they're shorthanded, but there's other players you could play in that, in that chance rather than putting him in there. Uh, I was happy to see Connor Bunneman made a play or two. I mean, he did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was good. I hope with more playing time that he'll improve that way because I just feel like, He's getting the same treatment Aubrey Cabell got. Like he's not getting a chance to be able to develop. And now Aubrey Cabell is developing elsewhere in Colorado, who, by the way, had a uh, scout there tonight who probably was watching Claude Giroux. And because that is a hot rumor, as you know. And (laughs) 
you know, it's just one of those things where you've got to like give these guys some of these chances so they could maybe come through for you because there's a lot of these vets are just they're They just were re- literally just like disengaged and were robotic and they're taking shots that don't go anywhere. And it just makes it easier for the other team. It really does. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's incredibly frustrating because they could have made better choices out there. And, you know, they said as much after the game that, you know, the leaders on this team are are not executing and they're not working together as a team to give themselves the chance to win. And, you know, they're better than this. They are absolutely better than this. And, And I think that's what's so upsetting. Yes, they are. They have better players in this. I mean, I, I've covered Joel Farabee a long time, right? Even bef- you know before the Flyers, and I've never seen a look of frustration like he had on the bench late in the third period. Like, well, I don't think what people realize is it's one thing if if the vets are losing like this, that's fine. But when you have young guys like him up here, and he deserves to be up here, but they haven't had this much distress in their life because they've been you know, like Farabee was on you know the NTDP had a lot of success. And success even, you know, as a flyer. And now this is his low point. And now this is where the vets have to kind of help the young guys get through this because they've been through it. But some of the vets don't look like they want to help anybody. Yeah, it's so hard to watch. It it really is. And I understand why people almost don't want to watch it because it is difficult to watch incredible talent being wasted in in a lot of these games and you know all I can all I can say is you know there's a next game it's against Buffalo and we're going to talk about it next it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include Built Bar in your plan Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it unlike any other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy because it just gets so boring, but Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Built Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many flavors to choose from, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. And while you're there, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. So we are looking ahead to a matchup against the Buffalo Sabres, another team which we haven't talked about much in a while, I think, since Robert Haig went there. And uh, the Sabres are another team that are in trouble. And sometimes we feel like they're so much worse off than the Flyers are. But 
Coming into last night's game, uh, as of recording, we don't know the results of that game, obviously, but uh, same number of games played as the Flyers at 39 with only three less points. Uh, The Flyers came into the Columbus game with 34 points and the Sabres had 31. Uh, Same place division wise. They're in sixth place in the Atlantic. Flyers in sixth place in the Metropolitan. Uh, Some uneven play. They recently lost back-to-back versus Detroit, but then won against Ottawa. So, you know, it's... It's the similar situation, but also vastly different in terms of the personnel and what they're going through right now. Uh, The big story, I think, with Buffalo this season has been goaltending woes, um, Mm -hmm. which sounds familiar to Flyers fans, but not this year for our team. But Buffalo have had six different goaltenders in net this season. Uh, Craig Anderson's been out for a while. Dustin Tokarski had... COVID and then has had some issues following that. And then Malcolm Subban and Uka Pekalukinen were both hurt in a game versus Tampa recently. So they had to recall up Aaron Dell, who had started the season with Buffalo, uh, went 0-5, so he got sent down. So Dell is back. And then they re-signed Michael Hauser, who was a one-trick pony from last season, <laughs> to a contract. And lo and behold, Hauser made 43 saves against Ottawa to earn that win. So it's kind of a roller coaster ride. It is. I, I mean, I talk about the Sabres all the time on, on other shows. And I I had this bad Twitter interaction about Ukapeka Lukanen because I felt like his workload was too much. And then he gave up like a four-goal game. Then he eventually gets hurt. He hasn't played a lot of games as a pro. And I'd like to see them send him back to Rochester. And that started a whole firestorm. Anyhow, got attacked by a beat writer, all that stuff. But I know I'm still right, so it's okay. Good times. <laughs> Good times. But at the end of the day, though, uh, Don Granado's done a really nice job here. And and that this team is better coached than the Flyers. It is. It's, it's not more talented, but it's better coached. And with these problems in net, this is an opportunity for the Flyers. But I have to tell you that offensively, there are some guys that we'll talk about that are bad matchups. But as far as in net, you know, Hauser is a battler. He is, and I, you know, I remember him when he was uh, a prospect. He's managed to stick around, so you never know. For one night, could someone have a great game? They could, so you have to treat him with that respect. But uh, if you're the Flyers, you have to put a, as many shots on net as you can. You have to make him make another fifty saves if you if you have to. I think you're spot on there because. I do think you're right about Buffalo and coaching in in terms of they're able to utilize their personnel in a way that steals them some games. I will say, though, I I do think that their forward crew is slightly better than their defense right now. Mm -hmm. I think that they really only have, I don't know, two and a half defensemen. Well, are you are you are you counting Matias Samuelson because he's really good? They loaded him with minutes the other night, though, which I don't yeah. like to see. He led the team in minutes, but he is he is talented and even at this level can play like he's going to be a really good NHL defenseman someday. He's just scratching the surface right now. Yeah, I just feel like their left side is much better than the right side <laughs> overall okay. with uh, Rasmus Dahlin and Samuelson. But like Butcher is he's fine. He's just a third pairing guy. Right. So that's why yes. I say like two and a half. He's a young Keith Yandel. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, they do have some really strong 
guys on on the front end and and the top line i mean obviously jeff skinner is you know hit or miss depending on the day yes but tage thompson is real solid yeah he's been a beast he he was a guy that was really good in college i think he played for uconn i really liked him but he was playing mostly wing at the time and he always was sort of working on his speed and it never was quite there and then this year Don Granado got the idea to move him to center, and he's been terrific. He has 12 goals. I think he's got something like 24 points. He is also 6'7", and he's very strong. And between him and Alex Tuck, that is going to be mm-hmm. a a problem for the Flyers' defense, no matter which pairing it is, because of the size and strength these guys both have and the fact that they can get to the net. And so, and Tuck's a point per game uh, this year. He had, you know various problems, injuries, and he may have even been on the COVID list too. But he's a local guy. And so when they got they got him in the deal for uh, for Jack Eichel, he was a guy they knew would embrace being a Sabre. He's from Baldwinsville. So that's, that's a big deal for them. And he is a guy now that is sort of carrying them with some emotion lately. And so we'll see. I mean, again, you've got to somehow neutralize – at least these two and maybe just have to deal with Skinner and hope he doesn't kill you. But that's going to be, you know, easier said than done. Yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Dylan Cousins, because he's a guy that I think had a lot of promise and I'm not sure is a hundred percent there. He's not a hundred percent there. He is a guy that, I could tell you firsthand, he, he's got an amazing wrist shot. It's super hard. And a quick story is, uh, I was put in a penalty box at the uh, NHLPA rookie photo shoot, and I was interviewing guys. And Mike Johnson, who does work with NHL Network, was doing a show. And I'm interviewing someone, and Dylan – actually, I wasn't interviewing at the time, but I was in the box, and Dylan Cousins was shooting. And after the third shot, Mike goes, hey, Russ, just come out, just to be safe. This guy might shatter the glass any minute for the shots that he misses on the net because there was a net there. And that is how hard his wrist shot is. And that's why he scored a lot of goals in juniors, plus being big. They rushed him last year. I didn't like the fact that he was up. This year, same thing. It's like, okay, if you want to tell me he's too good for the WHL, he's not too good for the AHL, and he should have gone to the AHL. But all that said, he's still a big body, still has a really good shot, in a one-game scenario, you have to watch out for him because if you give him room in the crease, you can be in trouble. He's got nine goals, and this guy, you know, he, he's not ready to dominate a game like he did in juniors, but that's their hope someday. But right now, he is a little behind schedule in my eyes because he's been rushed. Buffalo has had a reputation for not doing well in terms of developing their prospects. Yeah. And... It's uh, he's just one of the guys that to me, like I wanted really good things for, but I don't want them to ruin him. No, and he's only 20. So hopefully it still kicks in for him. But, you know, if it doesn't, you might see him get sent down at some point. It's possible. One of the other things that Buffalo has been starting to do a little bit, and um, I read a little bit about this in The Athletic from uh, John Vogel, is that they're slightly adjusting their ice time to showcase a a lot of their UFAs. Mm -hmm. And they have a ton of them, apparently. It's like over 10. And so (laughs) they want to maybe get some picks at the, the trade deadline. And 
which is like not a terrible thought. It's just that, you know, if you adjust things a lot, that could affect your outcomes. Uh, but they've been doing that with Colin Miller and with, with Robert Haig. Yeah, I, I still think there's a market for Haig, but he's a third pairing guy. So he, nobody's going to go after him right away. He'll be one of those last guys that a team calls about to that feels like either he's going to be their depth guy or one of their bottom pair guys. And, you know, Robert Haig will probably get like a fourth round pick. Like that's probably what you're getting for Robert Haig. Uh, Colin Miller, maybe you can get a third rounder for him. Uh, there used to be more offense in his game, but he's still a pretty good puck mover. And then I saw you put Vinny Hinnestros on the list. I think he's going to end up re-signing with them. That's my yeah. gut feeling. Yeah. I know he was also hurt a little bit, so I'm not yes. sure that he would be on top of their market selling list at the moment. But they were certainly doing that with him. Uh, for yeah, they'll for shop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll shop him and see what he is worth on the open market, and then I think they'll sign him cheap. <laughs> That's what I think is going to yeah. happen. He's a decent player. He's nothing yeah. great, yeah. but he's a, a you know a, a decent player. So I think overall with Buffalo, you know, we talk about them or we have talked about them in, in previous seasons as sort of a trap game. But I think with the Flyers, there's no such thing anymore. No. <laughs> and so I, this is a winnable game. And I think it could be confidence building for them if they play it right. Yeah, this is a game where I think you've got to come out of the gate hard. I mean, really hard. And if you could put Buffalo down a goal or two early that will start to wear on them mentally because they know they don't have the best goaltending in there right now. But if you let Buffalo sort of hang around in this game, you're going to be in trouble and you'll end up coming out with one point or no points. So take advantage of their bottom pairing guys, take advantage of the goalie and really make him move a lot and take a lot of shots. And this is even a message to Claude Giroux. Don't always try and make that pass. Shoot it. This is a message to Morgan Frost. Don't be selfless. Shoot it. You know, some of these guys want to be that way, but you know what? Not in this game. Well, hopefully they can get some points out of this one. Uh, We'll be wrapping up the week with a prospect profile on Ivan Fedotov and a little bit of Gritty coming up next. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. All right, Russ. So Ivan Fedotov, really a fascinating guy to talk about just because he's a goaltender uh, that was a super late round pick, a seventh round in 2015. Flyers still have his NHL rights, but he's unsigned. And I think mm-hmm. the big thing about 
him is how big he is, right? He's six eight. Yes. And, but he has stayed over in Russia for the duration. Um, you know, started off in the MHL and then in the junior league, and then has spent most of his time in the KHL with some starts in the the VHL mm-hmm. over there, and has had pretty solid results, but hasn't come over here. So, yeah, what's going on with him? Well, I mean, getting named to the Olympic camp is a big deal for him so we'll see what that does he's going to play on nhl ice so for flyers fans if he does make it and you watch those games you'll see what he looks like on north american ice i got a chance to see that in rookie camp in 2018 and he was a little more raw then and after some instruction i felt like there was some improvement for his post-to-post speed when you're big like that it's a lot to lug even though he's not a heavy mm-hmm. guy he's really only a little over 200 pounds which if you spread that out that you know he's not the the most muscular guy but uh it's still it's a lot to lug post-to-post so he's he still has to improve on that but his glove is good he's a guy that can make um great leg saves like these sprawling leg saves and when he does it he takes himself out of position sometimes. And to get back into position, think about it. You're like spreading out your six foot seven leg. Who, know, who knows how many feet that is? And then to get back up and get back in the crease is sometimes a, a challenge. So I think that's something they'll probably work on with him here. It looks great on a video, but it's not great in an NHL game where somebody's right there to get the rebound. Where, you know, in the KHL, they got a little more room on the ice. So it's not always as damning. Uh, he's. Pretty good positioning-wise. His stick is okay. I think that's something that needs a little work, too. And it's one of those things where I look at him, and I always knew he was a long-term project. And he's he's at the age now where, you know, 25, you are starting to see improvement. I mean, Siska is always a decent team, and he's getting good results there. I think you still hold the rights. You know, there's no reason to, to trade him. And at some point have a conversation with them. Every team wants that Ben Bishop size goalie. Not every team ends up using them, but every team wants one just in case, because you never know when the game is going to change again. And all of a sudden that becomes the best kind of goalie to have. So for me, I do eventually want the Flyers to sign him because I think you have to have some derivation in your system. You don't want everybody to be the same. And he would be the one that literally sticks out. And I don't see the negative. I know, right. No better way to say it. Uh, But I don't think there's a negative in signing this guy and letting him play in the AHL and see what he can do and start giving him that instruction. You know, that's it's it's the NHL instruction for goalies is a lot better than the KHL. A lot of times when KHL guys come over, unless they're Shostyurkin or Sorokin, they need a lot of work. And those guys didn't need a lot of work, but most do. And so I think, yeah, at some point, get them signed, have a conversation. But there's no rush. You know, with the, with the KHL, they'll hold his rights forever. So, you know. Yeah, his stats have been pretty good. And he's played on a couple different teams. Um, and he's his numbers are pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I think from year to year for the last few years. So there's something to that with him. I do wonder, though, if, you know, he's 25, like I said, w- will the Flyers think that it's just a little bit too much past his teachable age? I don't think so. Because again, uh, it's pretty well known in the scouting world that at about 25 is when most goalies, it kicks in for them. 
and that's when you start getting their their best years. There's always going to be late bloomers, and Bishop was kind of a late bloomer too. So I think if they sort of use him as the model, I think you sign him. Well, I think the Olympics will be a big indicator on what happens next, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll see if he makes the final roster and kind of go from there. But uh, having a guy like that could be a really good thing, like you said, for the depth in in the organization right now, um, because there certainly are some question marks there at the moment in terms of potential. So why not add somebody else to the mix? Yeah, you can never have too much goaltending. And I still think in the future, this hasn't really happened yet. It's only happened a few times. But I do still think in the future, uh, there could be goalies that literally get brought in just for the shootout. And imagine having to face him in the shootout. Yeah, that's a, an excellent point. <laughs> All right, wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week. Uh, not a ton of, of new gritty content. Um, I almost hesitate to mention this first one just because it took place before last week's Eagles playoff game. Um, did gritty curse the Eagles? Who knows? But uh, <laughs> they did put a post out with gritty and the eagles mascot swoop i would have declined this if i were gritty yeah and i'll tell you why and i'm not trying to make this a football pun i really wasn't doing that on purpose i would because i just feel like swoop would never show up at the wells fargo so why would gritty why should gritty go there swoop is kind of like that friend that you're always saying hey let's go out and it's just like no 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 and eventually you just stop calling that that person that's who i think swoop is yeah, they do have a lot of joint appearances with like all of the Philly mascots. You know, sometimes I see that quite a bit, but it's not necessarily at an Eagles game. I, I will definitely admit to that. Yeah, I mean, again, I've never seen Swoop at the Wells Fargo. The other one was from uh, earlier this week on Martin Luther King Day. There were some, you know, volunteer activities with the Flyers and the Wings lacrosse team and Gritty participated. So um, always good to see Gritty getting out in the community. No, that's a good thing. I mean, MLK Day is special and I lived through that era. I was a kid, a young kid, but it's you know, I'm still well-versed on it and appreciate that about Gritty. Even though I'm not the biggest fan, good for you, Gritty. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We're going to talk about uh, what happened in the game against the Sabres. Uh, preview Monday's matchup against the Stars, first part of a back-to-back. We'll have our nemesis of the week and... As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Locked on Flyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great weekend.